And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 201 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. How is everyone this week? Good. I had a good week. Uncoroned. Yeah? Uncoroned. <laughs> no. That's un-coroned. very important right now. So you stuck to more of, say, a Natty Light or a, a PBR? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that poll that was like, how many people would never buy Corona now? And it's like 38% of people <laughs> wouldn't buy it. And I'm like, they already wouldn't buy it. I was going to say I wouldn't buy it before. So it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. I spend very little time on Facebook. Really, the only time I get on there is when new episodes post, because they're posting (laughs) through my account. I go in and I tweak the formatting slightly from what Squarespace puts up. Um, I have noticed over the last couple of weeks, a lot of Corona ads. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. And I don't know if this is an algorithm thing, or if this is a, well, fuck, let's make sure people know we're not the virus and advertise more. Yeah, but like, wouldn't, if that were the case, I would have to come up with an ad that's like, this corona probably won't kill you quickly. Uh, well. I said quickly. I said quickly. That's true. That's true. Um. Lower mortality rate than (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. Yes. Wow, that's a that's such a strong advertising statement right there. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I mean They can't say it absolutely won't kill you because I mean, come on. It is literal poison. Right. <laughs> um meanwhile, have you heard about the week Tito's vodka has had? Yes. I mentioned this spe- specifically for you, Jen. Yes. So good. So right. So uh, true. I, I miss this. So they had to put a, yeah, you, go ahead. You, you, can, you can tell it. They had to issue a statement saying, please don't use us to clean your hands with because we're only 40% alcohol. <laughs> you need 60%. Yeah. Someone published a make your own hand sanitizer recipe. And when Jen says published a statement, this was like the last 48 hours on their Twitter page. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. If you go on there, it is over and over. Please don't use Corona. We are not a high enough don't alcohol use content. Yeah. Sorry. Don't, also, don't, don't use Corona. Don't use, look, <laughs> yeah, don't use Corona. <laughs> look, if, if, if we know one thing, it is that a Boilermaker will not cure COVID-19. <laughs> Truth. It, it won't might, even make you feel better. Uh, well, I was going to say, it might make you care less about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're making jokes but seriously people go wash your fucking yeah, yeah, hands it shouldn't that. have to be said period but but wash your fucking hands and don't touch your fucking face listen to that vietnamese pop song 
We're not joking about coronavirus. We're joking about alcohol yes. that is having a weird week. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which my now my question is: Did Everclear then come out with a statement that said you can use us? <laughs> they should have. <laughs> I I wondered the same thing, Brian. <laughs> Grain alcohol, because we'll kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Grain alcohol will kill it. Is a pretty accurate advertising <laughs> tagline. <laughs> uh okay well hey we did a cold open that's been a while let's talk about comics let me just pull that handbrake strange adventures number one a book in where a depressed man has a hot wife (laughs) tom king must have written it (laughs) how'd you guess how did you know (laughs) well i like to stay abreast of these things uh, can can I tell you one thing I really, really, really liked about this book? The art is it everything? Yeah, it, it's 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 the Doc Shaner, the Evan Shaner art. Yes, oh. I love Doc Shaner. Oh my god, it is absolutely beautiful. And the two art styles work so well together. Yes, yes they do. Oh. Yeah, the, that contrast and the and the the comparison between them is just awesome. I love yeah. it. Um, that being said, I. I I like this story too. It might be a little bit too real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so if you have not heard anything about this yet, essentially this is about Adam Strange and there was a war on Rand, imagine that. <laughs> where uh he is uh basically Wait a second, Brian? Yeah. There's a war going on on Rand somewhere, and Adam isn't here. Who knows, sir? Wow. Nicely done. Wow. I mean, Please I continue. You, but wow. Um, and Adam, uh, from the from the context you get, that he basically quote saved Rand and won this battle for them against these these creatures, and. Is now has now retired to Earth with his wife and is uh, has written a book and is going on a book tour and is like being a congress being given a congressional medal of honor and like all these accolades and awards. Well, someone shows up in his book signing line and accuses him of what can only be assumed to be like war crimes mm-hmm. against the people that he fought on Rand. Um, and it slowly spirals. You know, the media picks that up and then. Somebody else asks a question, and it slowly spirals up into this thing where it's a, well, did he do it? Did he not do it? Um, is what he did, even if it even if it is true, is that justified because he was in a war, or is it not? And is what you actually did versus what people say you did, you know, this whole what is the truth thing? Also, the, the, the guy who accuses him turns up dead. Yes, right. By... Yeah. Laser blast by laser blast, yeah. dead by laser blast. And Adam is the only person on Earth with lasers. Oh yeah, definitely known. the only one. Right. There's no supervillains that have lasers at all. There are no superheroes who have lasers at all. No, definitely not. No. Um, yeah. My favorite part of this is when he goes to Batman to be like, investigate <laughs> oh. me. Yes. Yeah. And I love that Batman's like, no, dude, we're too close. We're yeah. such good friends. I can't do it. Nobody would, be- nobody would believe I'm, I'm unbiased, right? I need in the Batman book him to be like, I just don't fucking want to do it. I know, right? Is that not the biggest brush off you've ever heard? Yes. Batman, yes. we're yes. just such good friends. Right. <laughs> He's not. No, sir. 
No, sir. We see through your fucking bullshit, buddy. I want, yeah, I want the Batman book for, like, that exact scene to happen again. Yeah. And Adam to go, I understand, and fly off. And then, like, either Gordon or, you know, uh, Damien to be there, somebody like that, and him to just go, fuck that, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be involved. Selena, right? Like, oh, there you yeah. Go. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. can't with this guy. And Selena's like, yeah, <laughs> well, you are right. Because Selena would be the one who'd be like, no, just tell him to fuck off. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's beautiful. I also kind of like the bait and switch that this is of Tom King being like, here's more Batman. Yeah. Kidding. Kidding. Just, just kidding. <laughs> nope. Batman does find a surrogate for himself, though. <laughs> and let me tell you, I am so excited because it's a character I love I and yeah. who does not get enough, let's say, fair play. Very nice. Very nice. Despite the fact that he's kind of in his own book right now, right? I mean, not his, but a team that he's in. Sure. But uh, that seems to have little to do with main continuity DC. Well, and it's a character who, like, should be pretty A-list and still somehow isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at the very least, he should be a B-list that is in a lot of things just because of what his capabilities are and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful that this brings that to bear. Yes. It's Mr. Terrific. It's Mr. Terrific, yes. One might say Mr. T. No. 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 Never mind. No. No. Um, But uh, essentially Adam, because Adam, when Adam went, yeah, when Adam went to Batman, he was like giving him the gun and saying, investigate me, come at me as hard as you can, you know, proof that I didn't do all this. And now that's, I guess, what Mr. Terrific is going to do for him. Good setup. It's a good story. It is. I'm enjoying it. You are right. It is a little, a little too real in moments, though. Like, I can already tell there are going to be moments I'm like, "Mm, I can't read this today. Let me come back to it tomorrow. Yeah. You're a hero. They'll give you anything. They want you to run for the highest office. Right. Yeah. And clearly something happened with his daughter, but we don't know what yet. Yeah. 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 Anything else? It's a good book. It's a real good book. Yeah. Flash. Ah, he'll save every one of us. And only take 750 episodes or issues to do it. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, this is Flash number 750. There are six different stories, I think, in this. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I I actually enjoyed pretty much all of these. Um, Yeah, I, not all of these are, I mean, like any of these anniversary issues, not all of these are part of the ongoing, but more of this one is dealing with current stuff. Than most of these big, you know, milestone issue books, yes. Right. I agree. There are three stories of the six that are part of ongoing continuity. Uh Uh-huh. And then the other three are, here are some classic Flash teams or writers. Right. Um, I don't think Riley Rosmo has done Flash before. I might be wrong about that, but hey, he's a good fit in here. Um, yeah, do you want to go through these, Brian? Uh, we can do that. So the first one is, uh, it, it is the main continuity, like, like yeah. Flash Barry Allen continuity story like, called Flash Age Part One. So that tells you that obviously it's going to keep going. Um, 
and this is Flash dealing with uh, what got dropped on him at the end of last, and what's kind of been building up to. We've seen, you know, the the symbol for the person from the future escaping their prison or whatever. Yeah, we and, saw that back in like number fifty, right? Yeah, like a while ago, right? Yeah. Um, um I am sad to report my prediction was wrong, though. I no. thought it was going to be Crisis because the name on the cage said Crisis, mm-hmm. and maybe it was only after publication that they realized that that was a Stanley character who he created for DC but it is not crisis it, it is, is paradox paradox which one could say that they just labeled it crisis to throw off anybody because obviously the crisis all of them have been caused paradoxes sure what i do love though is his like logo yeah it is compositionally just like that what is it flash 89 that is barry and jay on either side of the wall rushing forward yes yep like, it is clearly modeled after that Flash of Two Worlds. Yeah, oh, very much, very much that, that classic, yeah. Um, the other thing I like about this, there's, there, there's actually several things I like about this particular story. One is, and I'll just get this out of the way, the fact that it's, all brief as it is, we see Rainbow Raider again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, Iris is writing this story about how, Fla- how Flash has been a hero to people in Central City. Yeah, it's a very Spider-Man issue, and I say that in a positive way. Yeah, it it reminds me very much of that last issue of whose run was it, where uh, they went Um, around and talked to all the people about what Spider-Man had done for them. Uh, I think both Tom Taylor and Chip Zdarsky did something like that. Maybe it was, yeah. At the end of Friendly Neighborhood and Spectacular. Yeah. Chip definitely did it because it yeah. made me cry. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Was yeah. Chip. The yeah. Chip issue was yeah. uh, like I'm, one of the all-time best. I absolutely love, there's one little girl who tells her story about when she was at the zoo and the gorilla that <laughs> talked, that, that uh, escaped. And she didn't know gorillas could talk but this one said a lot of bad words yes and she holds up what was clearly her drawing of it and it's a crayon drawing of flash fighting gorilla grod yeah it is just the best like that i I want like a big blow up of that because it's just awesome yeah that that should be merch Uh like i want that on a shirt i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but brian's brian gets a tattoo <laughs> there you go um but yeah so godspeed shows up and as flash chases him godspeed takes him to uh paradox who is here to stop flash from you know flashes many 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 times over the years caused these i mean we've talked about and joked about how it's always flash that triggers you know flashpoint and crisis yeah. and all these things right and uh, you know, Paradox is here to stop that from ever happening again, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a super little self-contained, uh, it's Captain Cold, Leonard Snart going out for, uh, beer, more beer. Yeah. Which is, it's a Captain Cold story, so this is the Jeff Johns one. Right, yes, there you go. Um, it, it's actually, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice little, fun little, you know, what, eight-page story or whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, it's very cool. Cole tries to stop a robbery, and they assume he is robbing the store, and it turns into this big uh, brouhaha, and then, like, the last two pages are just Barry being like, God damn it, Cole, I have this big event tomorrow, and you just have to try to one-up. Right. When it turns out he really just wanted to go for beer because he wanted to get back for the end of the hockey game. Like, who'd have guessed Captain Cold was a big hockey fan, right? I know, right? (laughs) 
Um, uh, let's see. Then we have uh, something called Why Me, uh, which was by uh, Brian Buccioletto and Francis Manipal. One of my favorite Flash teams ever, period, the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the art is by Frank Manipal, which means it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but essentially it is, uh, Iris asks him a question, you know, why is it that you that has to be Flash? And so he slips into the Speed Force to basically take a, a quick look at other universes and what would happen if he wasn't Flash, like who would be Flash? Yeah. And you just get, you know, like a page each of Gorilla Grodd being Flash and Iris being Flash. And I love the Irish, cost- I, Irish costume design. In I, this one. Not only do I like the costume, I like that in that one, he is literally just her CSI scientist who does yeah. stuff for her. Like, but he's dating Patty. Like, they're not even an item, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's one where there's no Flash at all, but there's this kid who uh, basically is using science to kind of harness the speed force. Yeah. Yeah. And reading a copy of the first volume of Buccellato and Manipul's yes. run. Yes. Uh, it's very, very cool. Um, and then there's, a, what is it, The Flash of All Worlds, which is just a... a, a silly little flash mirror master story riley rosmo is a very good pick for mirror master like especially with the sort of fun house mirror thing that's going on in here yeah with the with the dysmorphic you know stretched body parts and stuff yeah yeah and this is written by marv wolf though like i said it's just a fun little standalone thing uh then we have josh williamson writing another thing called at the starting line uh which is a jay garrett story yes um, and it's Jay Garrick fighting the thinker. Um, I really dug this. Yeah, I did too. I like, uh, I, I like, like, it's essentially, it's Jay monologuing to himself as he goes through this fight. Um, and it is, um, the other thing I wanted to point out specifically about this one is, uh, do, 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 David Marquez, who does the art on this. Mm-hmm. I could, I could read a book that he draws every, uh, all the time. Like, this is just straight up 100% exactly how I like superheroes drawn. It is beautiful. Yeah, no, the art in this is fantastic. Yeah, I love this. This whole book does not have a weak art. No, I agree. Even even between each of these stories, there's like one or two page of pinups, right? Yeah. And even those are awesome. They're all beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, this Jay Garrick piece... Mm Mm-hmm was supposed to set up the beginning of the, like, fifth generation stuff that I think we've kind of talked about a little bit. Is this um, the Generation Zero, Generation One stuff coming out? Yeah, this was, in short, the plan was to kind of do, kind of do what we think of the books as doing, like, when the, the JSA was established as a previous generation and they mm-hmm. sort of aged up a little bit. Right. The idea was going to be, and may still be, that like by the end of this year, we sort of see the older heroes become more that mentor generation, and like the next, like the Dicks and Donnas and Wally type, that group become sort of the primary heroes. Um, that may not be the case anymore because Dan DiDio was the one sort of architecting that, and with his leaving DC, yeah, it's a little up in the air. Well, they have already announced. Uh or I think it's May solicitations, mm-hmm. that they are starting what they call Generation One, yeah. which is like Wonder Woman and Jay Garrett. It's the JSA yeah. era, right? Which yeah. you have to assume then, and, and there's going to be several of these, then there's going to be a Generation Two, uh, yeah. which you have to assume is like, uh, you know, Clark and Bruce Wayne and those yeah. guys. Now, 
point of order, Wonder Woman is actually part of Generation 1. Because she has existed for apparently a long time in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I would su- I would assume Dick Grayson, Nightwing, those guys are going to be Generation 3, probably. Yeah. Right? But the point is, DC is kind of setting up their history for what each of these, where each of these kind of groups and, and age groups fit in. Yeah. And kind of, I think, structuring that a little bit more firmly. Which gives us a good segue into the last story in here, which is an epilogue for Flash Forward. Yeah. About how time is broken and the same events all exist in one timeline and no longer is time linear and matching. Right. And no lo- and it's not like different dimensions. It's all in the same dimension, but in like split fractured yeah. timelines that all exist at the same time. All of Earth Zero history has happened now, and that is a problem, and Wally's gonna fix it. And Wally, uh, yeah, his last line's pretty good, where Tempest Fugenaut basically asks him if he can fix it, and he's like, I'm Wally West, I'm the fastest man alive, I sit on the Mobius chair, and the power of a god races through me. So yeah, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I am so glad we get this epilogue. This is what I needed to see coming yeah. out of Flash 4. I agree. I agree. This is a, like, I almost hope they reprint this in the beginning as the first part of Generation Zero. Yeah. Like, because I think a lot more people need to see this than just people that are reading Flash. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a line-wide thing, I think. Yeah. I think this and, obviously, the Jay Garrick story, the Scott Snyder Wonder Woman story from Wonder Woman 750. Mm Mm-hmm. Like all of these are pieces that are setting up. Like I all agree. of it's all of it's related. Yep. Super, super good. Yep. So on the whole, Flash seven fifty, excellent buy. Uh if you if you like Flash, even if you're not reading it ongoing, this is probably a worthwhile one to pick up. Yep. King of Nowhere. I'm gonna be super quick on this one. This is the publisher on this one. A boom book. Uh it's a five issue miniseries. W. Maxwell Prince, who does Ice Cream Man, Tyler Jenkins, and Hillary Jenkins. Uh this is about a guy who wakes up like on the ground on the side of the road. It kind of looks like he's been in a car crash or something. And like the first car that comes by slows down and it is a dude with the head of a deer. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. I am dreaming. That's fine. Thank you, sir. I'm going to keep walking into town. Uh, And he gets into the town of nowhere and is convinced, yes, this is all a dream. Like everyone's got wings or an animal head or extra arms or extra eyes. And his whole thing is, yeah, I make bad decisions. I make bad decisions a lot. Fine. This is just where I am. I'll work through it. And eventually the high will wear off and I'll stop hallucinating or dreaming or whatever. Um, It's got almost like a Western vibe to it without actually being one. Um, And with different pacing but it still sort of has that you know stranger shows up in town deal so so would you say he's a real nowhere man yes actually thank you you beat me to it i had it in my head um i'm gonna i'm gonna give you an alex's quote of the week Ooh, excellent this is the the main character's internal monologue uh there's a motor inside you a piece of interior machinery responsible for some of your all-time worst ideas some notable ones throw an empty bottle of gin at a cop's head cheat at cards against a man renowned for murdering people who cheat at cards betray a biker gang sleep with your dealer's wife <sighs> intervene on behalf of the talking salmon god damn it gin is this like a uh is this like a bingo thing for you <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean shut up brian <laughs> 
This leads to him going outside and intervening on behalf of the talking salmon and getting into a fist fight with a man with six arms. Uh, it's weird and it's fun. Like I, I, if it were an ongoing, I'd probably read it in trade. But for five issues, like I am absolutely here for this. Um, I also dig the art style. It's very, uh, it's a little more loose and compositional than some of Tyler Crook's other, uh, Tyler Jenkins' other stuff. Um, but it totally works here it's very like watercolor almost almost like jeff lemire oh okay yeah so i recommend here's a see lovely fish man oh yeah yeah billionaire's island brian brian i I probably will pick this up i just didn't i just didn't get it and read it yet okay it's very good yeah it's very very good so the world is ending that's it the world's ending okay Mm -hmm. that's just a statement get ready folks no um, the world is ending and only billionaires can go to this like private island and watch it all end, basically. Yes. Comfort. The island of F U. Yes. Freedom Unlimited. That is such a fucking America. I don't even know. Yeah. That's something that would actually fucking happen. Yeah. But at the same time we have this I don't know. This guy who's like trying to figure out. Well, no, he's not trying to figure out. He knows who who ordered this plague basically on people. They released this virus through food rations, and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's it's a virus that sterilizes anyone who consumes it. Except if you carry the antigen, it basically gives you super Ebola. Yeah, and this company released it into emergency rations sent to like war torn countries, mm-hmm. and. And this dude was there for a story. His wife and kid were there with him and they ate it and died. And now he is out for his revenge. Yeah. But it's also funny. (laughs) But it's also funny. (laughs) See also... The uh, the waiting room in the evil supervillain's F.U. mansion. It's just so fucked up. So this guy, he, he owns... F.U. Island, and if anybody, and it's in international waters, so there's no law there. Right, sure. If anybody fucks with him, if anybody, if he doesn't like somebody for any reason, he's like, why don't you wait for me in this waiting room? It's a giant fucking hamster cage. (laughs) He has locked people into this hamster cage and is just keeping them as pets. Yeah, And like, every day, he does the sort of like, you remember the, 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 this may be an after your time thing, Brian, although you may have seen him. The, did you ever do any fundraisers in school, Jen, where like, if you sold enough wrapping paper or whatever, they would bring in a big glass box with yeah blowers yeah. in it and money yeah and let you try to grab as much that is what i thought of in this once a day they blow in some money and everyone goes for it and they're like oh no well he wouldn't be giving us money if he were never gonna release us so so one year in middle school when we did that it was fake money <laughs> i'm not fucking kidding you it was fake money and the next year nobody sold a single fucking thing Ooh. They were like, oh, we fucked up, didn't we? Like, yeah. Yeah, what was... Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> did, did, did they think people just wanted the experience of playing this fun game? I mean, I guess. I was just like, what the fuck is this? I worked for you, literally. <laughs> mm. It's stupid. Fundraisers are stupid, and I hate them. They're yeah. stupid. I gotta say, Alec, my, my immediate thought when you said they blow money, and I was like, well, so what? You're caught in a hamster cage. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? yeah that, that's what people are pointing out. It's like, why are you even grabbing that if we're never getting out of here? Yeah. But 
but it's almost like the promise of eventually having wealth will uh, uh, lead people to make decisions that are not in their best interest. I felt personally attacked, we'll by the way. by the masses, yeah. <laughs> I felt personally attacked. Here, have this phrase. Oh, I'll stay in my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Such a good book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It so, hurt to read it, and it was also funny. There's so many future future personal crises in the pages of this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a recurring theme this week, huh? Yeah. Uh. It's almost like the world is ending. I'm telling you what, if you describe what this <laughs> book was to me, I would I, I would tell you that the person I want writing it is Mark Russell. Oh, I know, right? Guess what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lucky bastard. Aren't I lucky? <laughs> Join the future, number one. Am I seriously the only one who got this? You are seriously the only one who got this. So in the future, there are these mega cities that will basically pay you to live there. You get a basic income. You get free health care. Uh, you can do whatever you want for your job, you know, within reason. You can't just, like, go around and murder people. It's it's basically a utopia, right? Like, sounds great. There are also people who are living outside of these cities in small towns, and all the cities want to get them to come and join their city because, I don't know, the biggest, bestest city wins for some reason. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, but on top of all of this, like, you've got the cities, the big cities are, like, reclaiming nature and and turning it back to what it should be and all these people are fighting against it. It's just really beautiful book and I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, <laughs> tell me what's wrong with these cities, please. Also, everyone in small towns for some reason talks like Old West people. I don't get that. <laughs> I just don't understand. But maybe I will. But I just don't. Well, that always tarnation. seems to happen, that always seems not, to happen in like future books. Books about the future. For some reason, the people who are like on the outside of the big society talk like they're old-timey farmers. But I am, why? <laughs> I am sure that I have talked about this on this show before there is statistically no way in 200 episodes i have not brought it up but it reminds me of while i was living in australia having to explain to more than one person the difference between rednecks and hillbillies well and having to explain the difference between rednecks hillbillies and trash yeah yeah because there's a huge difference mm -hmm. i belong to at least two of those groups it is not trash <laughs> yeah um, but maybe it's just uh maybe it's just a matter of not having familiarity with the voice. Yeah. Sometime I want to see a story where, you know, there's this segregated by and the people that live in the in the high city speak like, you know, like redneck and the people what? that live outside have a British accent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Have everyone in the big city talk like me, but be super sophisticated. There you go. Please fucking do that. Right. Oh my god. Okay, TM, TM, got all TM, these, TM, 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 All these rural <laughs> Frasers out there. <laughs> oh, so good. NASCAR uh, Niles, that's what they call him. <laughs> There's a line in an episode where Niles is pretending to read a book, and Frasier asks, what are you reading? And Niles says, oh, it's this engrossing tome, The Heroes of NASCAR. NASCAR. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there's some more encyclopedic <laughs> Fraser knowledge for you. Anything else on Join the Future, Jen? It's very good. Read it. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, let's talk about mercy. Let's do that. Um, in this moment, I realized I can't remember any of the quality of mercy speech from Merchant of Venice that I had to memorize my freshman year of high school. Otherwise, I would have dropped that here. I remember the quality of mercy is not strained. It. it droppeth as the gentle rain on the place beneath. But that's about as far as it goes. Okay. You, so then you super lied. You said you couldn't remember any. Well, it came to me as I was. <laughs> look, I still got half not a Jew eyes cold. Okay. Before Hamilton, it's what I used for mic tests. Hmm. Anyway, Mercy. Mercy. Mercy is this like Victorian industrial age story about vampires. It I is guess. very Dickensian. It is. What if Dickens but monsters? Yeah. And yeah. good, good Merca Andolfo art. Good, good art. So pretty. So... What is happening in this book, Alex? So there is a... We open in the past in this town of Woodsburg, Woodsburg, Washington, and there is a mining accident. Uh, And by accident, really it's a matter of like, monsters have attacked and ripped people up and we have blown up the mine to seal off the monsters. Um, And maybe the monsters are not dead and maybe someone else is still pulling strings. Cut to later... Not modern day, but later, the anniversary of the explosion. Like, people are being super shitty to a woman who was there and involved with it, and people are being shitty to orphans. <laughs> what? I know, right? We did say it was Dickensian. Um, there are jokes about, don't let anyone think you stole this loaf of bread. And I'm like, yes, okay, Jean Valjean, got it. <laughs> Do not pull a Valjean. Um, and then this wagon comes to town. And shady folks be in the wagon. Indeed. Um, cannibal lady and her manservant and a kid who, well, people are shitty to can- people are shitty to orphans. People are cannibalistic to orphans. <laughs> um, like, this is a lot of, here are some pieces, but we're not really going to tell you how everything fits together at all. Yeah, I'm so intrigued because it seemed like when the monsters kill a person, this beautiful pink red vine grows out of them. And I am so intrigued by what this is. I read this right after Farmhand. So you can imagine where my oh, brain man. went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is, I would call the lead orphan girl whose name I wish I could remember. Rachel. Her name is Rachel. Uh, We see her quote-unquote uncle, who is just a dude who pulls orphans off the street and puts them to work. Yeah, he's a sweatshop owner. Yep. Uh, And is abusive and shitty and terrible. We know that we we find out not only is Rachel's mother dead, but she has this secret sort of like shrine to her and is convinced that she is some kind of angel. (laughs) Cut to a brothel where... Surprise, it's owned by the prominent lady who was at the mine and is having people be shitty to her. Yes. <laughs> um, she deals with some shitty assholes delightfully. So choice. Also, I don't know, with the rest of this book being the way it was, like, so pretty and every, I didn't expect just the blatant uh, naked sex on that page. I, I mean, was like, well, that's jarring. <laughs> It is a little bit of a rough cut going from orphan <laughs> to threesome. I will grant yeah. you that. Yeah. <laughs> I expected it somewhere because it is Merca Andolfo. Well, y- yeah. 
It would be like reading Stepan Shayek doing creator-owned work and not expect a little something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we find out the lady who runs the brothel uh, also has visions of monsters coming to attack and the monsters are not gone. They are coming back. They are coming for her. The strangers. Um, and then we find out... My, my favorite bit of this is someone describes... Uh, we go back to the wagon with creepy cannibal lady. Uh, someone does describe her as looking like an angel. So bad I know who Rachel's mama is. Mm-hmm. Especially since she's, as it turns out, from the town. Yep. Um, and then they get to an old mansion and make some cannibalism jokes. And that gets us through issue one. Uh, I really dig this, even if it's super, it's a super hard book to kind of describe from just the first issue. Yeah, I think it'll get easier to describe going forward, but it's just, th this is like giving you all the elements yeah. that it's going to use to make this story. Right. Here's chapter one of Great Expectations. Tell me what it's about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have an old, you have a lady in a wedding dress and an orphan. Go. <laughs> so... I have to I have to say that the jarring sex jump um reminded me that I didn't do my rant during Strange Adventures. I was wondering if you were 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 going to do it or not. I forgot. I totally forgot. This is as good a place as any. Yeah, sorry, we're going back a bit. Just rewind. We gotta go back, Marty. How the fuck? How the fuck? How the fuck? Is it okay to show two people mid-coitus, but it's not okay to see Bruce Wayne's dick? It's not okay to see Bruce Wayne's flaccid penis when he's naked, but it's okay to see two people actually fucking. Because one's, one is Adam Strange and the other is Batman. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is Adam Strange mainline or is it Black Label? It's Black Label. But so okay. was... Right, exactly. Yeah. They're yeah. the same fucking line of comics, both for mature readers. One has fucking, one has a flaccid dick. One is just anatomy, one is the actual act of sex. What the fuck, people? And I, I don't think either is bad. Either. Yeah. No, I don't think either is bad. But, like, where do you draw the fucking line? Uh, well, reaction. Yeah. <laughs> no where. one's writing articles about Adam Strange having some strange. So disregard the fucking articles. And that's not, it's not strange if it's his wife. Um. Okay, granted. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Disregard the fucking articles and everybody be fine with bodies, please. Humans have bodies. Oh my god, it's crazy. My dog walks around with his dick out all day long and nobody bats an eye. Some of us have too much of our bodies. <laughs> now, as... I, I, have, I have just the right amount of body. Thank you very much, Brian. I didn't say you. <laughs> He was talking about me. It's I was fine. talking about me. <laughs> um, I will say there has been at least one occasion on which I have batted my... Well, nope. Saying it that way sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let him know that. He'll be very excited no, to see your no, shoe no. again. No, that's what I want to avoid. <laughs> Thank you very much. I do need new shoes anyway, but... Uh, Alex needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry for my tangent. No, that's fine. I... Uh, it's fucking stupid. I will also throw this one out to you, Jen. Uh, I have not watched any of it, but I have heard that apparently the HBO show Be Foreigners has no compunctions about full frontal male nudity. You said HBO. I know. Yeah, I've seen Dick from HBO for like 20 years or more. I'm not saying they have had problems before. I was just putting it out there. Yeah. Which, by the way, Jen, I don't know what you're talking about. I've got that Batman issue. <laughs> they show his dick. <laughs> yeah, I bought it digitally just because I wanted to see the dick. <laughs> 
And it wasn't in there. Nope. I was so mad. It was unimpressive what it was yeah, in there. Well, I was just like, oh, yay, they're being body positive and showing all, yeah. all of people. Hooray. Not just like every fucking female superhero's entire fucking body, except, oh, look, a pasty. And I yeah. mean, let's let's be real. If there's nobody who should be ashamed of his body, Bruce Wayne's probably among that group. <laughs> I know. Right? I have no segue. Outer Darkness 2 number one. <laughs> Um, two great flavors that taste great together. <laughs> uh, this is set after Chew slash during issue 18. I'm not exactly sure yet how that works, but I'm sure it will work. Uh, and in the second arc of Outer Darkness, um, the Outer Darkness crew is trying to, uh, wine and dine the leader of an alien race that communicates through food and only through food. And it goes poorly so they pluck out of space and time the person who will most be able to help them communicate through food tony chu and his partner jack colby oh my god it is so good <laughs> um in the back matter layman talks about when he started planning outer darkness uh it actually came out of while well, he was kind of in later game in chu when it had gotten more sci-fi and had more extraterrestrial stuff coming into play like that's sort of where the ideas for outer darkness came in and there was never a version of outer darkness in his head that did not have this crossover when he pitched the book he pitched it with this crossover nice um and this serves essentially as the coda to tony chu's arc of chu uh which i phrase that way because also this week they made the official announcement about the return of chu yay which is a new volume spelled chu following tony's sister set at the same time as the chu ongoing we had before uh it is his sister saffron chu who is a criminal mastermind who also has food powers um there will be a couple cast members who show up in both but mostly it's its own sort of self-contained thing um so i am glad that announced what happened because you know what this reminded me how much i fucking missed you <laughs> Um, this is great. If you like either book, you should absolutely check this out. And if you are only familiar with one or the other, you should then go read the other. Um, it's so good. And seeing, seeing Afu Chan do the Chu characters. So the, the, uh, Rob Galori and Afu Chan both do art for the book. Rob Galori does the, the terrestrial Chu pages and Afu Chan does all of the space stuff. Seeing Afu Chan draw Chu and Colby in that book style is super cool. Um, so yes, so, so excited about this. Absolutely nailed it. Very happy. Read. Good book. Daredevil, <laughs> 19. I'm finally caught up on Daredevil. Yeah? What you think? It's really awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's a war going on out, out there, there somewhere. in Hell's Kitchen, actually. And, um, and uh, Maddie isn't here. Nope, because we got Daredevil. Daredevil back. There's a lot. There's a lot of daredevils. There's a lot there's of daredevils. A lot of, and there's then, a lot of them. Yeah. And it's badass. Seeing and, the whole crowd of people. Yeah. Like, all the people who have, through the run, put on a hood, like, pulling them out and going to fight Bullseye mm -hmm. and Rhino and... Yeah. Who was it? Bullet? Bullet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I you know also I really really like is clearly I mean so as as it kind of stands at the end of this issue obviously you know regular people aren't going to be able to stand up to them right yeah right to Rhino and Bullseye and all that and of course now Matt has the Daredevil mask back on so yeah. but 
like even Matt would have trouble standing up to you know what five of them at the same yeah. time, right? Don't yeah. forget Stiltman. Stiltman is also oh, Stiltman. Oh my God. Yes. So you know who else is going to show up? Electra. Nope. Maybe Electra might show up, but. I think there's two even more obvious people based Wilson on Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk is yeah. going to show up to help him. Well, I mean, did you see the cover for the next issue? Oh, I don't think I don't know that I did. It's like the two of them back to back with fists oh, up. Perfect. Yeah, oh, because shit. they're destroying Hell's Kitchen. You know, his neighbor. Yeah, yeah he's not going to stand for that. Well, and also he's the mayor, and he's called for all this backup, and none yeah. of the backup will go into Hell's Kitchen. Correct. Yeah. So he's going in, and he's going to help. And then you know who the other person that's they're already there. Uh. Well, this is probably the question I was going to ask. Is that typhoid Mary? It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she's going to come out and fuck him up, too. My God. (laughs) When she started to realize who she was, I was like, oh! Yeah. No shit. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be good. good. So good. Can't wait. Matt and Mary and Wilson. Someone asked Chip this week how many issues would be in this arc. He's like, two. Also, I pretty much just make up when an arc starts and ends, because it's all one story. (laughs) If you'll notice, you still need the book after that to know how it's going to end, though. Although Inferno is a perfect name for, like, this issue and the next, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, like, I'm trying to figure out what happened in this book because I read four. This is where everyone, this is where all the villains show up in Hell's Kitchen and Matt and the detective have to, like, get in through the roadblock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where this one starts. And we see the people rise up. Yeah. When you're living on your knees, you rise up. Um, good stuff. I do think if anywhere is going to like see shit going down and be like, not not today, motherfuckers. It's gonna be Brook or Hill's Kitchen. Yeah, rather. oh no, for sure. People are gonna be like, but this is our hood, so <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy imagining though what you almost said, which was if any neighborhood's going to rise up, it would be Brooklyn. Almost, I almost did it. <laughs> you almost said it. I'm like, I guess there's a lot of kombucha to throw in people's faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why my brain was like, Brooklyn, it's definitely that one. And if you throw that mushroom at them, they're going down. (laughs) Listen, listen, anyone would go down if they got a mother's room, okay? Just imagine the bruise that would leave on your face. No, it wouldn't. That's the thing. It's so soft and snotty. (laughs) (laughs) it's so gross oh my god it's so gross brian why do you have to keep bringing it up and keep making me like feel that feeling over and over again oh it's so terrible speaking of not having segues to other books iron man 2020 number three (laughs) oh uh things don't go well for clone tony cloney Cloney. <laughs> His name is Mark. Thank you. That's right. Um, well, I mean, I guess you could say they go okay, because he does accomplish what he needed to. It, you know, just cost him his life. Yeah, yeah, just just that. So, I love that they put out a call to literally all robots. <laughs> yeah. Pizza Rat. Pizza Rat is the best Marvel character of 2020. Best. Yeah. I'm yeah. already debating which artist I want to ask for a Pizza Rat commission. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's Rico Renzi. But anyway. Oh, I was thinking, like, if I could find <laughs> Kevin Eastman. Yeah. Good stuff. Por que no los dos? Yeah. There we go. Jam piece. Get every artist I can to draw pizza at. <sighs> oh, my God. Wow. Uh, But, yeah. And uh, Herbie unloads on uh, Arno. Was Herbie fully loaded before that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just... 
No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Do not like unsubscribe. <laughs> Do not like Weird. That's what all our reviews say. I know, right? <laughs> Oh. We also get a Stark family reunion. We do. Super weird. And, super awkward. And Tony realizes yet again how fucked up his family is. <laughs> I love that he's trying to to tell Arno, look, their mind, their their brain mapping whatever thing he was totally fucked up. That's why I deleted the program. Yeah. They came back wrong. <laughs> yeah, they came back wrong. <laughs> I pet cemetery them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is not mom and dad. These are aggressive serial killer mom and dad. And he's just like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I saved them. Yeah. And now <laughs> now I have to listen to this delusional space refugee thing about how I'm the only one that can save the world from this threat that's coming. Yeah, this made me want to go back and read the Kieran Gillen Iron Man, what I haven't read of it already, because that's what it yeah. comes from. The, the, right? Yeah, that's what it comes from. Yeah. Also, uh, um, I appreciate the fact that they use the big giant fucking cogs on Arno's suit. But can we just not, though? But, like, can we not? Please? Please, can we not? <laughs> can it's always been stupid. Yeah, they yeah. Can, can I tell you the other thing is um, that I love is when they go and, like, one of the groups is, is Mark I and the Furies, right? And, you know, the fact that the Furies are just, like, four Nick Fury LMDs there. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. I love that. Uh, and just the fact that they call them the Furies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. But, yeah, they stop They stop Arno from broadcasting a, a signal that will essentially enslave AI, the AI population. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Pepper Potts's world, 2020 rescue number one. They're going to do it again. <laughs> They're what? trying to bring Tony back again like, using the same method again. No, don't th- <laughs> stop. I'm with Amanda, like, at some point, you got to stop beating this dead horse because it's dead. Tony's not a horse. Nobody <laughs> is dead. <laughs> Oh, why the and long he, face? And he does get beaten a lot. Yes. He does, yeah, yeah. Uh, My God, no. <laughs> just like. Excuse me, uh, Amanda. Can I have some of your DNA to clone your son again? No. The, Stop by the making way, me go through this. When people ask you for your DNA to clone you, the answer should always be no. Not no, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> now, this did remind me of one thing, though. How much I just existentially need a book that teams up Aunt May and Amanda. Armstrong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Need it so bad. Oh, I like it. yeah. But anyway. Yeah, this is good stuff. Okay, Pepper Pot. Uh, yeah, Pepper Pot is on a mission to get DNA from Amanda and Tony's dad. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that portion of it. Ugh, yeah. yeah, that'll be. I don't think we've seen him since the Bendis Iron Man run ended either. So, like, who knows where he's at post yeah. Shield collapsing and all? Probably. I'm scared. Send help. Hydra. What's left of Hydra? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but yeah. yeah. I mean, probably the reason that the Hydra symbol popped up on Amanda's TV whenever they learned that Tony Stark is dead. Sure. Because Hydra was listening through her uh, Amazon device. Amazon. That was a Google one. Oh, that was a Google one? Okay, through yeah. her Google Google device. Home device. You yeah. could tell by the design that they designed that one after Google. Yeah. Although it was probably a Stark device, but it's fine. Right. You know what? 
Nope, I like it better if it's not a start device. She she doesn't use a start <laughs> device. <laughs> I like that better too, actually. Yeah. Um, I like the sentient recording equipment. I love them. <laughs> yes. No one has seen Amanda in a few days because her recording studio has come to life and is holding her and some others hostage to teach them to actually make music. Right. They want her musicians to teach them how yeah. to make them. And you see lyrics throughout this, and it's like the most, we fed all these songs into a neural network meme stuff. Did you guys hear what somebody did, like, this week or two weeks ago, something like that? They generated every possible melody that can be generated. Like, used a computer to generate every possible melody that can be generated and place them all in the public domain. Badass. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm in the market for a theme now, song. Clearly, you you could argue that things that already existed, right, and had copyright, right? Yeah. But that means literally anything else that hasn't already been done is now public domain. That's amazing. <laughs> I look forward to reading the eventual lawsuit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Should be fun. I thought that anyway. That no, that is that is cool. <laughs> it, this very much reminded me of that as yeah. it's trying to generate songs. Yes. If only Pizza Rat were there, he has experience with music. <laughs> oh boy! All right, how about we talk about some X Men stuff? Ooh yeah, let's do that. Excalibur number eight, <laughs> the most important book so far in the Hickman X Men relaunch because it gives us our first dog on Krakoa. And I didn't fucking read it yeah this book has a lot in it it has um let's see uh we have an issue of consent <laughs> or non-consent oh. yeah yeah oh jesus um, we have uh, we have people actually using common sense to say no why are we fucking playing by their rules and doing this stupid stuff let's just get what we came for and leave yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't indulge asshole assholes who are arguing in bad faith yeah Exactly. Uh, and then um, and, and then we get what clearly will be Jen's favorite part of this, which is, um, yes, we will kill all the war wolves and take their skulls, except for the baby. <gasps> the little puppy. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Instead, the werewolf puppy finds a home. Wait, wait, wait. What mutant do you give a, 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 a dog to to care for? It's not Wolverine. Nope. Um, I mean, the most obvious answer is Gabby, but yeah, that is the most obvious answer. Where's Jonathan? Rachel. Yep. Bingo. Because <laughs> she's a hound, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm like trying to think who would be the best pet parent. There you so. go. So, yep. So Betsy gives her. I uh, I don't know if it's a her or him. Um, it's so say his at some point. Yeah. So okay. uh, so I guess it's a a boy dog or wolf um to Rachel and. Apocalypse is like, no, the idea was we had to eliminate them as a species, right? And Betsy was like, okay, A, I ain't killing a puppy. And two, we've essentially done that anyway because he can't reproduce on his own. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he starts budding. So. In which case, oh, kill it. <laughs> kill it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Puppies are only cute when they don't reproduce through budding or fission. Ugh. I could probably deal with fission, but budding? Ugh. Like, imagine Rusty with a bunch of little Rusties hanging off of him. Ooh. <laughs> would be so noisy. And that's all I can do today. I'm gone. <laughs> it would be so yeah. noisy and so horny. So gross. Okay. Marauders, number nine. Oh, this was so good. Uh, we get the resolution of, of 
what happens to Yellow Jacket and Pyro? <laughs> uh, it is simultaneously uh, really bad and just fine for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta say there were a couple. There, there were specifically the one, the the one big full page that happens right at the beginning when Pyro comes off the boat. Uh-huh. Then I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> Pyro walks off a boat and uh, uh, walks out, and uh, he said, oh, sorry, we're just having one drink, and then take him back off on the Marauder. And you hear somebody say, well, that's a shame, Pyro. And then it turns, and it's Gene laying sexy on top of a uh, Firebird, saying, I was hoping you could give me a ride. Hey, <laughs> like, God, she's um, so horned. What? <laughs> she is so horned on this island. Gene with a firebird also is the most most perfect choice, right? Yes. yes and then, is. then you find out this whole thing is Emma acting nah. <laughs> out a uh, like all of the the most sexual parts of Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. To trick. Yellow jacket into not realizing that they are on to him. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. Because yes. Yeah, so, so she essentially gives him yellow jacket this whole false story that you know he has arrived, but but they have found him and he blows up Pyro by getting large and then escapes into. Oh a f- my god. A, a, yeah. And and then um shoots uh, uh Emma in the head and explodes her her face. And then jumps into a fish and swims away and is headed back to um uh, Madripoor. To Madripoor, right? Turns out all of that is in his head. Okay. <laughs> the cuckoos have implanted that in his head. Damn, I was kind of hoping he did blow up Pyro so he can come back without that fucking face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yes. Uh. Essentially, they have just taken him and thrown him out into the water and are sending him back, but have wiped his memory of all that has yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, we also see what is presumably an attempt to uh, resurrect Kate via gold balls and the other four. Yeah. Yeah? Well, like I said, it's an attempt. Well, oh, no. And not the first one, apparently. Oh, no. Yeah. And eventually, you know, Emma's like, can I talk to the five and maybe figure out what the problem is? I, 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 don't, know what, I don't know what the problem is. And Charles looks at her and says, neither do we. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So they send. Uh, so here's the here's here's the question I have for you, Alex. So they send uh, um, Yellow Jacket back, right? Yep. Um. Do you think Yellow Jacket was in the fish that Lockheed goes and picks up at the end of the book? Oh. <laughs> that would be funny, right? If Lockheed is like, "Fuck you, Crunch." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have already learned the rule is kill no man, but that doesn't apply to Lockheed. Nope. No, it doesn't, though. Get him. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. And that's uh, but... a premium swallow. <laughs> <sighs> they got to they got, they got get my cake back, though. There's a vor going on out there somewhere. <laughs> and Lockheed isn't here. <laughs> wow. Uh, next up next week is Cable number one. Yes. I can't wait for more X-Books. Spider-Man Noir number one. I read this while you guys were talking about a different book, so Yay. I am now caught up on it. Yes. Yay. Sweet. Tell me about it. Um, 
It's amazing. It's Spider-Man Noir from the movie, and I love it. So Peter Parker is a detective, and something goes down at the Black Cat, which is Felicia Hardy's nightclub. Yep. So he and J. Jonah Jameson are investigating it. And J. Jonah Jameson is like the hard-boiled reporter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Jonah wants the story, and Peter wants, you know, obviously the murderer. I love it. I love it so much. Like, the the way that all the captions and dialogue are written, written to sound like perfectly period mm-hmm. even when you read them but not but not stuffy though not, not stuffy like, it's not perfectly period it's it flows it's got, in a fast period it, uh, i don't want to say that never mind it flows in a fast transatlantic yeah yeah absolutely and uh yeah so peter starts to investigate this murder that happens at the black cat and then uh uh carmen sandy goes steals some stuff from him <laughs> <laughs> And we don't know where she's gone. Oh, where in the I, world is I she? I do love that because then later when you see like the map popping, I'm like, it is. It is definitely Carmen San Diego, right? Oh where yeah. In the world is Carmen San Diego. Yep. And we get to see MJ kick some butt. Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then Peter goes off on a uh, plane, very much, you know, an old, uh, they're on the plane and they have the map in the background with the lines and the dots showing where yeah. they're going. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's very cool. It's so Casablanca. Hmm? And I love it. The Juan Ferreira art is just perfect. It for is this. perfection for there's this story. This, yeah, there's this one scene where, like, it, it opens with Peter thwarting a bank robbery, but after that, he's talking to the he's talking to Jonah. Jonah walks up and he's eating a hard boiled egg, and it, I don't know why that is just like the most beautiful shot to me. <laughs> In the rain, by the way. Yeah. 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 yeah of course. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the best place to eat your hard-boiled egg. I, uh, you know what else I like? I like the color palette in this. Yes. Um, I thought they might do it in black and white. But Same, I actually, yeah. I actually like this better. It is very, very much a colored version of black and white. Yeah. It is super, super dark grays, black, uh, dark yellows, yeah. um, dark reds. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it fits... Even better than I think black and white would. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Strange Academy number one. Jin? I didn't read this one. I know you didn't. You're gonna want to, I think. Oh. Fuck. Oh, yeah, you will. Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this is very much an introduction issue. Here are all your characters. Here is this world. Yep. To the extent that, like, it feels like the beginning of an X-Men movie, almost. Like, the... We're going to get Jean Grey, and here's the school, and all that in, in feeling. Yeah. Um, but it works well. Like, it's cool to see all the characters together. Every character pretty much immediately feels distinct. Yep. Um, the selection of characters who are there, even just like, okay, these guys are Asgardian, and this is a frost giant, and oh, this is, uh... Dormammu's kid. Dormammu's kid, thank you. Yes, (laughs) that's, I was like, floaty firehead guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um... It's like, okay, you don't even need an explanation of why these kids have beef. They just don't like each other sight unseen because they're kids and come from these places. So it's basically Descendants? Is that the Disney villain kid thing? Yeah, where they start going to the school with the heroes kids. <laughs> I guess? I don't know Descendants. Beyond, yeah, that's beyond. fine. You shouldn't. You honestly shouldn't as a grown human person. You shouldn't. Then I'm going to um, say no, because as a grown human person, you should know this. Yeah. Okay. That should be put that quote on the trade, Marvel. <laughs> as a grown human person, you should know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Also, you get to see Zelda throwing spells around, fighting trees at the beginning. Yep. Um, nice. Who is your favorite kid in this, Brian? Oh, man, this is tough. Um, no, it's not. There's an easy right answer. <laughs> The uh, the the fairy girl. I like her. I I I expected that to be your answer. The right um, answer is the girl who can see everybody's secrets and that trauma. was that's my next one is the the demon girl from Limbo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She is hands down my favorite. Or 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 um, Ali Sheedy from Breakfast Club. Yes. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> yeah. She is the most emo person in this whole thing. Yes, uh, and she is she is wonderful because she sees everyone's sadness. Yeah, right. That's not a superpower. <laughs> yeah, it is in middle school. <laughs> you're right. She meets her and she's school. like, "Oh, hey, cool. I promise not to tell anyone your secret. I don't have a secret. Yeah, you do, but it's fine. I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awkward." Um, and everyone's like, why is Doctor Strange not here? He's the Sorcerer Supreme. Shouldn't he be here? Inner Doctor Strange fighting a giant monster. Hey, Tentacled kids, want to have some fun? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, and then Emily, who's like the regular Earth girl, right? Is like, am I doing this right? And her fairy roommate is like, you're not getting killed. So yeah, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I love these kids already. And I haven't even read the book. They are fantastic. They're <sighs> really, really good. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Yeah. You win. Um, also, it's Scotty Young writing, uh, Umberto Ramos and Edward Delgado on art. And it is, like, I love the color palette they've picked for this. It is yeah. a little more muted than, I, than what I'm used to out of Delgado and makes everything seem a little more, like, natural. Like, yeah, a little it's, more grounded. Yeah. It's not, like, say, Chris Boccolo on Doctor Strange, everything feels weird and out of place and nightmarish. And this feels, like, a little more picturesque. It, it's a little more like it's a YA version of yeah. that, right? But when you get the weirdness, like, that's stands out yes yeah oh yeah yeah uh, i like it i like it all yeah brian mm. tell me about dryad number one uh yeah this is um this is uh curtis weeb's new book um by oni press uh and it is about an elf and her human husband and they have left the city what well, we start out when they're making a journey through the woods because they have left the big city where she was a guard to find this remote um uh isolated community um to raise their children in because uh, because it seems like something happened there uh, in the city and I don't know exactly what I'm guessing we'll find out but part of part of what they do is uh, and, and that's like an introductory piece and then it cuts to like three years later or several years later I can't remember how many um but uh it, it, you know and what they have uh, uh, kind of the life that they've gotten into like she is now essentially kind of a defender of this little community and like it starts off with her going down you see her down in this dungeon the uh the elven mother killing this monster creature that's coming up and then she goes back up and there's like this older lady in her house and she's like she's like oh did you manage to get rid of it she's like yeah now 
can we please close the trap door you have in your pantry that goes down to this demon-infested <laughs> <laughs> dungeon? Well, that's just a tr- tradition here in, in the place that we live. That, yeah. You know, yeah, that's that, our yeah, that, that's our brute cellar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like you know, like the 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 yawning portal or whatever in in D and D. It's like just close that shit up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and then the husband is uh, essentially like an archaeologist investigating magic, and there's these, there's this old temple that's that's nearby near this place, and so he is like studying that and is like a teacher at the local school and stuff. And then we meet their kids who are now you know older, and uh, imagine that they and their friends are reckless and go back to this temple and open a door they shouldn't, and it turns out that they bring back this lost some people from this lost civilization, and that's where the first issue ends. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, introduction, some story setup, and a little bit of movement. So, good first issue. Cool. Yeah. So, when we were planning what book to start with for this episode, there were a few options. And Brian pointed out there was one that had to be the one we ended with. Yeah. So, we will end with the money shot. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, number five. This is the last in this first arc. Yes, that is an accurate statement. Tell me about it now. Or Jin, <laughs> tell me about it. One of you yeah. tell me about it. Jin, okay. you go. I did catch um, up on this, so I have read it. Okay. So we have the, the what is his name? The or Their name, the Drower? Dra- Drower? 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 D-R-A-U-G-I-R. I can pronounce words. Like daughter, but... I-R-D-A-R. I thought that there was a R in it. I don't know. Anyway, they have ascended <laughs> since they know that the the secret sex move that the explorers came to find. Um, so they basically punch the ground and find water. <laughs> it's pretty great. And of course, being the evil person that they are, they want to keep the water as a as a way to keep people down. Yeah. So they want to ration it out and only give it to the loyal. As a means of control, right? Right. And at the same time, they're entering into like this mating ritual where they pick, you know, who gets to mate with who. And it's fucking awful. It's just fucking awful. They're separating mates because the male is too puny and all this other stuff. And only, only hetero couples can mate and all this other stuff. And the triple explorers are like, you know what? Fuck this bullshit. We're going to show y'all. Literally. What, we're we're going to show you guys that you can fuck anyone you want. Stop letting people have power over you. It's pretty great. So they send up this big screen over the mating area and they just start fucking. They just start fucking. It's so good. Uh, and don't forget they distribute free condoms. <laughs> That's true. Yes. They do. Yeah. Yes. So good. So important. Yes. At the same time, while all this is happening, you've got the Bokai Elder meditating um, and and trying to get, you know, trying to get his juices flowing, for lack of a better term. And finally, he gets what he has been seeking for so many years. And then, wait. The Britney Spears Pepsi ad that does it for Bob Dole. And then you you have the Elder and the rest of the people rise up. Yeah. Start fucking. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> sing the whole when you're living on your knees you rise up thing, but you know, in this case it's perfectly appropriate for some of them to be on their knees. Yes. Yeah. Um 
Let's just say the elder gets his mojo back, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets his raging hard cock back. Okay, yeah, he does. and then goes <laughs> start slapping the 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 Dahlia around with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. so funny. Did you see? Did you see the sound effects for those? Oh my god! Yes, cockoom, <laughs> cockoom. <laughs> and then, and then when when he um when he does the Fort of McGraw, which is like disintegrates her, the sound effect is fuckoom, <laughs> fuckoom. <laughs> oh, oh, Thanagar would be so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so good. This book is so fucking good. It's so fucking good, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. It is so. It is. It is without question the most sex positive book oh yeah <laughs> we cow. need more good crazy sex positive books oh this is this is just a wonderful wonderful fun read yeah uh not for children <laughs> no well no it's not I, no. that was the joke no. i don't know why people got silent you're supposed to make noises <laughs> that's how we make it weird Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was looking at my notes that's okay that's fair is it still good brian yes sir buffy the vampire slayer number 13 lucky number 13 uh this whole issue is a backstory about uh kendra Ooh. and just before she was called to be the slayer and what her life like in on jamaica batman number 90 jen Kat, unfortunately, has to reveal her entire plan, and it sucks for Bruce. Yeah, can I point out one thing that I really, really liked in the writing of this particular story? That this is one hell of a prenup? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That they didn't, like, drag out the whole, you know, who the target thing was. Like, it's obvious to the reader and to Bruce, so they just, like, at the end, it's like, yeah, of course I know who it is, right? Like, duh. (laughs) Right. And they didn't make a huge meal out of that. Yeah. You're going to do a mega heist against the corporation. I wonder who it could have been. Who possibly would you have targeted? In Gotham? Right. No Mediga. (laughs) Brian, Justice Uh League, number 42. Um, The Justice League runs a fast con on the Eradicator and his Daxamite troops. Lois Lane, number nine, Brian. Um, oh, this has got my quote of the week. Brian's quote of the week. Um, quote, quote. Lois sends uh, Renee Montoya to make contact with Batman to pick something up for her and get Batman to, to get a, a dossier on somebody for her. And she goes to use, the, she uses the bat signal to summon Batman and then like gives him this note from Lois. And he's like, fine, I'll do this. I'll be back in an hour. She's like, okay, I'll wait. And he goes and he comes back and he finally, he gives her the, uh, the, the thing. And it's, uh, uh, this, about this person called the kiss of death, who was essentially like a skull, kind of like Mr. Bones, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Renee looks at Batman and says, um, hmm. uh, she really does call herself the kiss of death. I guess all the good names were taken, huh? And he's like, yeah. There's an occult aspect to this. It may account for her deformity. And Renee looks at you mean her lack of a face? And there's just a panel where they look at each other. And Renee smiles and goes, you want, you so want to say something like, takes one to know one, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her and her interaction with Batman is, is really, really good. I really like that. Superman Villains number one picks up where Superman Heroes left off with 
Superman and Lois uh, revealing the truth about who owns the planet, the Daily Planet, and <laughs> uh, the fact that she runs the Invisible Mafia. Red Sonia, number 14, Brian. Um, We find out what the king wants from Sonia in order to send food to save her people. You might say he really puts the tiger on the table. Mm, indeed. Wellington, number three, Jen. Mm. What do you get when you cross an old witch, a demon lady, a clueless ingenue, and a tired war hero? A CW show? <laughs> no, it is literally a dead witch. Okay. But also, yeah. <laughs> Farmhand, number 14. You know what you don't want to find in a creepy old shed? A giant plant uterus growing bodies i literally do not want to find that in a shed you're right you know what i'll get you one better i don't want to find that anyway <laughs> fair fair and true conan battle for the serpent crown it's conan versus black cat and guess who wins black cat yep <laughs> dr strange number four uh brian um steven shows up just in the nick of time for a surgery and um, later finds out that he should have listened to Admiral Akbar. <laughs> Magnificent Miss Marvel number 13. Kamala and her friends decide to take a night to relax. Therefore, a demon shows up. Uh, and we meet a new superhero who helps Kamala fight it off. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 16. Uh, by day, Miles babysits his new baby sister and fights sewer gators. And by night, Ultimatum calls out Prowler for being from another universe. I'm shocked you didn't make me do that one. What? 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 Nothing. No, keep going. Spider-Verse number six. Uh... We find out where Annie May has been. <gasps> oh. You have my attention. She got tangled up in the web. <laughs> of course she did. I'm going to have to go read this, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Strike Force number seven. Where is the best place for a team of metaphorical monsters fighting literal monsters to set up shop and regroup? The uh, hotel in Las Vegas? No. Monster Island? Yep. Okay. There you go. <gasps> Guest starring no. Deadpool. No. <laughs> Beautiful. Damn it. <laughs> Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. I believe this is a first for us. I think we've come close to this before, but this is the first time it's happened we entirely. Have we have the exact same books, all three of us. All three of us. Yeah. Nice. Well, and part of that is only because there was not. there's not a lot new next week. Yeah. I looked yeah. at both of your lists and was like, fine, I'm going to fi go find something I wasn't planning to read to talk about. No. Nope. There are basically two number ones out next week. Pretty much. Cable number one. Brian, you have already mentioned this, so I will let you continue to mention it. Uh, yeah, this is just the next, uh, this, this is by Jerry Duggan, which, you know, by itself should tell you it's probably worth a, a pickup of number one to read. Yep. Yeah, um, I didn't even need to read the descriptor. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um... But you know, this is this is the young cable, and it is him uh, starting in a new series for uh, you know in, in, off of Krakoa. So it's you know in the modern timeline, and I can't wait. And by the way, uh, I believe it's been teased that coming up in one of these soon uh, is that is going to be the reunion of Cable and Deadpool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jin. Yep. Decorum number one. Um, this is about assassins who have manners. That's it's it's Alfred Pennyworth assassin, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and who's the writer? Uh it's this little known writer. Um 
I don't think we've ever mentioned them before. Jonah Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how know. this man has so... No, no, sir. I don't know how this man has so much time. How does this happen? Yeah, I don't know. How are you so efficient? I be- there are only 24 hours in a day. Where did you get the now, extras, you motherfucker? On. This is Jonathan Hickman we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure he there extra are hours to his day. Yeah. Yes. I think I, I, he, I think he's just designed a calendar that is so non-linear that he has in fact broken time in the immediate vicinity around him. You know what? That is I'm going to go ahead and say that that's possible. Yeah. Um and let me say as me I am envious of someone who has that mastery over scheduling. Yeah. Because even I have not achieved exactly that. Yeah, my my I, my thought was, yeah, he just wrote a text page that gave him enough time, that explained how he had <laughs> enough time to do it. That's a... His calendar go. is a Mobius strip. <laughs> He's go. in the Jeremy Baramy. Yeah, the, the dot eye. on the eye <laughs> yes. is the Hickman Tuesday. zone. <laughs> the Hickman zone. It's called, it's the, always Hick- Tuesday. It's called the, the Hickman eye, the Hickman dot. <laughs> um this is this is also an eight issue miniseries which actually is kind of a selling point to me to read it in single issues as opposed to trade rating trade yeah. waiting so yeah uh, and it could be that he already had some of the a good bit of this written before yeah i think yeah. i've actually read yeah, in interviews sure. that yeah. this has been Most in the works probably. a while yeah. yeah all right anything else that's it for me yeah all right anyone want to promote anything we would like to thank chase parker <laughs> For I want to promote Brian. He's amazing. <laughs> I'll get you next week, Alex. Okay. Calm down. Um, that's fine. I've got other co-hosts who'd like to talk about how great I am. <gasps> so you don't need me to, right? I don't need to blow smoke up your ass. I mean, you're welcome to. You don't have to. No one has to. <laughs> to be fair, I uh, usually argue well, with the ones who do. Um, Jen, Jen I, I, is that organic smoke though? Because that's like the only thing that. Um. <laughs> It's only I'm stopping smoke. before Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> crashes this podcast. <laughs> it's goop smoke. Uh, We'd like oh to apologize to Chase Parker. <laughs> that's about right. Um, if you would like to visit our website, that's panelologypodcast.com. You can send us questions there. If you would like to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash panelology. If you would like merch with our logo on it, bit.ly slash panelology merch, capital P, capital M. You want more of me, Minds at Yerk, and the Rob Thomas No Not That One podcast, bi-weekly podcasts that are, respectively, about Animorphs and, right now, Veronica Mars. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Go read some comics.